0: Hello and welcome to episode thirty-five. Hey, plus I'm Uh, Chris Carter. (laughs) Yeah, you might notice something. I'm Chris Carter. (laughs) Talking really (laughs) fast. You got to pitch it up. You got to talk faster. (laughs) Didn't wear my plaid. Oh well. Uh, You got to have the cool. I call it the Peaky Blinders Cap. <laughs> There's probably a better name for it. There is probably a better name than but that. But that's always what I think of. So sorry, Chris, you wear the yeah. Peaky Blinders hat. <laughs> uh, welcome to North Point Plus. This is our follow-up podcast. Uh, we gather together every Sunday. Um, we worship together, dive into God's word, have fellowship and conversation. And this conversation or this podcast keeps that conversation yep. going. So extends it. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for submitting questions. Yeah. Um, Rick, we have just kicked off recently uh, a new series. Uh, for those, uh, Chris is okay. <laughs> Chris is on vacation. He Chris left on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. So we have not Chris Carter here. We have Rick.
1: We have not figured out a system yet that says, "Oh, when you preach, you can't go on vacation until Tuesday," so that we can <laughs> record the podcast on Monday. It's a new thing. It's yes, a new thing. we're figuring right. it
0: out. We're figuring it out. Uh, we're we just kicked off a new series last week called Who right. Cares. Uh, who cares? Who cares about it? It's just a new series um, where we're talking about how to reach people. Um, yeah. And we we tend to bring that in with the baggage of evangelism, where we make people projects. We like to have formal set-aside times to do evangelism. Um, and so this series is kind of designed to help equip us with the tools of removing the baggage, getting rid of the the idea that people are projects, and just diving into how did Jesus do this? How did people in the Bible evangelize. Um, so kind of give us the 30-second summary of what we're talking about and who cares, and then we'll dive into Chris's message. It, it is interesting that you just said how we reach people, mm. which which is a very
1: um, other-focused... Yes. Um, that, that is bringing in the baggage. That's <laughs> that, yeah, it introduces that. So so the whole series is, is really to just let the overflow of our relationship with Jesus yeah. um, naturally speak over yep. in a way that draws people to Jesus. That's that's winsome, that it's natural, that yep. that we get rid of all of the obstacles that we kind of create in our mind. Chris talked yesterday about, as a fifth grader, I can't imagine going door to door and knocking uh, knocking to talk to people and, and
0: talk to them about Jesus. I did um, too. <laughs> the, did you really? We did. Wow, we did it in our neighborhood. I remember getting chased off of someone's property. <laughs> after really? The door. yeah, they threw a chair at me. <laughs> wow, true story. Um, <laughs> that's the baggage that
1: I bring to evangelism. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that that was the picture in the New Testament.
0: Uh, no, we like well, to think that it was. Uh,
1: yeah, But I don't think. Goodness. So, so the the whole series is is really to just try and help remove the baggage and 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 help. Um, just help us all understand that it's the most natural thing in the world to talk about the stuff that's the most important to us, right. and and we don't get uh, like you know I don't get all hot and bothered, sweaty, uh, talking about whatever, talking about my grandkids, talking right. about Ohio State, talking about football, the greatest yep. game ever played. Um, uh, <laughs> n- none of that. I th- it just happens naturally because it's a part of who I am, and we somehow think that our relationship with Jesus would be different than
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, so Chris, um, in his message yesterday, talked through the uh, the familiar church story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, however you want to pronounce it, um, and kind of tore down some of the preconceived assumptions that we bring to the table um, by doing his best Rick Rubel impression. <laughs> Starting off He with sang. Table. He said he would never sing, and he did. <laughs> he did it, and it worked. Yeah, that's <laughs> it right. It left fun. an impression on people. It was fun. To say the least. Um, yeah, so th- I think there's so much that we can dive into when talking about uh, Zacchaeus. And I, I think uh, one of the things that you brought up um, before we started recording was just this idea of Jesus passing through Jericho. Um, and it's it's so easy for us to just kind of pass through life, to go through life, to go about our plans. And it seems like Zacchaeus is this kind of unplanned interruption yeah, for Jesus.
1: Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, yeah. and it, and the beginning of Luke 19 says that as he passed through Jericho, the crowds are there. He's talking to people. He's walking through, and then this Zacchaeus character mm. appears, and it's just so interesting to me that that like me on my on my uh, laptop right now, I've got. Um, I have my day planned. Mm-hmm. I I have where all my meetings are. Yep. Uh, I actually have that for the whole week. If I go to my monthly calendar, I've got all my stuff laid out. When I go on a trip, I know where I'm going to stay ahead of time, uh, plan yep. the meals, all that stuff. And that's not the picture that we have of Jesus as he goes through Jericho. He's walking through Jericho, and and certainly he had he knew where he was going, what he was yep. going to do. But he ends up having dinner at Zacchaeus' house, which was not on his itinerary. Right. He and it and when you read it in the scripture, it looks like that he stayed at least one night and maybe longer right. with him, right. which wouldn't have been on his itinerary. Right. It's not like he said to the disciples, Oh, we're going to Jericho so we can talk to Zacchaeus. Who's Zacchaeus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's indeed what happened. And yeah. and I think the takeaway for us is that we often place a higher emphasis on the way that we plan our schedule than the way God plans our schedule.
0: Right. Yeah. And then that's something that for those that have been around me in times of prayer, I will often pray because this is a weakness for me. I will often pray, God, help me to embrace interruptions. Right. Because so often we look at interruptions, it's like... "Ah." I had a plan. <laughs> and if That's you were right. just abided by my plan, <laughs> this would have gone a lot smoother. Right. Um, and so it's very selfish to think that way. And again, I'm saying this because I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, that it's very selfish for me to think that way. And like, like we see all throughout Scripture, there's so many interactions that are interruptions, right. especially in the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, that if he were to just stick to the agenda, yeah. then so many people would not know him. And that's a great model for us as we go through life. And it's not bad to have a plan. We're not yeah. saying to all the type A people, don't make plans anymore. But it is saying maybe there needs to be some flexibility in your plan to say, hey, if that person that reaches out that you haven't talked to in years, like maybe make time for that. Right. Maybe there's a reason that that's happening. And maybe your plans can wait because they're already planned. So it's easy yeah. to resume them and just influence people. Yeah, in
1: it, it is really interesting, just as you were talking, I was thinking, I'm, I'm just kind of filtering through the Gospels in my brain and thinking almost all of Jesus' ministry time was, that was not the primary plan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not like um, the disciples sent out a message and said, Jesus is coming, we're going to have a healing service. Right. So everybody come and Jesus is ready to do right. the healing. Right. Um there clearly there are some things like like we read about uh a week ago that Jesus went to pray before he called his disciples. He knew he, he was right. going to do that. Right. But so much of the time as he, especially as he healed people mm-hmm. um, as he dealt with um people who were demon possessed, that was all spontaneous right. stuff that happened. Right. Um, not right. not things that he necessarily or the disciples engineered. Yeah, uh,
0: put into their schedule. Yep. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and then, kind of moving our way through the story of Zacchaeus, I think it's really cool to notice and observe how Jesus meets people where they're at. How yeah. it would have been, and this is what we do in the church, where we often say, "Well, oh, come to church with me." come right. on my turf and then we'll have the interaction because this is a normal place for me to have the discussion of Jesus. It's not normal for me, normal for me to talk about Jesus outside of the church environment. So come right. meet me on my turf. Come meet me where it's comfortable for me and Jesus doesn't do that. He invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they have the interaction. That's where they develop the relationship in Jericho not, hey, come with me to Jerusalem, and then we'll have the conversation.
1: Yeah, I i, th- I think that, that's, that, that, that that is very important for us, because yeah. we tend to think, I will fit you in my schedule uh, <laughs> on my time, right. um, and it would have been very possible for Jesus to have said to Zacchaeus, hey, great, I, I want to talk to you, walk with me while I keep going to Jerusalem. Yep. And instead, he goes into Zacchaeus' world hmm. with Zacchaeus' friends, and um, and and talks to them there, right. it, on their on his turf essentially. Um, and so uh, it it really is a challenge. I th- I think back to a f- friend that we had in Maryland that, um, he and I were as different as night and day. <laughs> um, he could fix anything. Yep. He had a tool for everything, which was great as a neighbor. Yep. Um, he was a NASCAR fan, and um, could he could care less about football. Yeah. And um, in our friendship, I began to learn about NASCAR yep. um, because that was his world. It just right. it, it was right. that was the way that we could have a deepening friendship. And and there and I'm better for it. Yep. Um, not that I pay a lot of attention to NASCAR now, but. <laughs> um, that but as a part of the friendship I did.
0: So yeah, yeah. And I think that's I mean that's that's just an organic that's how you build friendships right. in general. And again it's it's removing it's removing this thought of, okay, now I have to care about NASCAR so that I right. care about Jesus. And if I right. do this, then he'll do that. It's just no, like if there's people that are gonna be in your life, like my siblings care my brothers care deeply about sports. I don't care about sports at all. But I go to football games, I'm included in the family texts where we talk about football and I'll throw in a funny gif here and there (laughs) to try to contribute just because those are my brothers. like I'm not going to isolate myself completely from that just because I don't really care who wins on a Saturday or who wins on a Sunday. like Those are my brothers and of course I'm going to be invested in that. And along the way, if you're invested in someone's relationship and you get to share Jesus in that as well from the overflow of your life of what Jesus is doing and it helps that you know about NASCAR... Right, great. That's yep. a good thing. Yep. Yeah, I think m- missing that idea of of meeting people on their own turf is crucial because again, it comes back to this selfish idea of y- you come you come to me, yeah. <laughs> and I'm familiar with everything. This is comfortable for me. Um, and if you're putting yourself in the shoes of that person who doesn't understand the church, who's never really been to church, that feels very foreign. feels very weird. It feels like a cult that you're stepping into. Um, And so being able to meet people where they're at, again, if you're looking at the model of what Jesus does, that's why he travels around and he spends some time in synagogue and teaches there. And that's usually where he's the most controversial is in the synagogue. And then He's out having dinner, having meals, which is another thing that we I, want, I wanted to touch on was this idea of and, and Chris touched on, touched on this in his message, just the importance of eating with people, right? The conversation that can happen. Um, dive into that a little bit about why why is it so important that we see Jesus eating meals with people like Zacchaeus? Yeah,
1: I I, I just think it's it is a part of our nature that when you when we eat we we're doing something with our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you've got lots to pay attention to and in a sense, to kind of be distracted by. Yep. It's easy to respond to the stuff that surrounds you and to have a conversation.? Right. I, you just have different kind of conversations when you're eating than you do if you're just sitting, you know, sitting around wherever, right. uh, than, than you have on the train or a plane or a in a car even. Right. Um, and and I think even beyond that, you have a different kind of conversation in someone in someone's house. And in someone yeah. else's house, yep. um, I, I the uh, you know if 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 you and Julie would come to the lake and come to our our little place at the lake, um, you will find mm-hmm. I'm a different kind of person because I'm just very relaxed there. Yeah. You know I've been been there my entire life, every year, and um, being on the water, it's like. So it's just easy to have a conversation that's yep. just very natural, and um, and that happens especially around a table. Right. You know, when when you're eating and um, and being fed. I, I think again back to um, you know when we interviewed you, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> our first our first meeting was not in a sit down kind of meeting. It right. was over a meal. It wasn't in an office. Right. Yep. Uh, easier to talk there. Yep. And then as things progressed, another important step was when you guys came to the house for dinner and we had right. d- dinner, um, uh, as well, just being able to talk in the context of that, it's just easier to talk. And yep. so I, th- I think that there is a, there is a really, uh, a strong challenge for us, mm. um, to invite people. I, and, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy, no. um, I think to eat in a restaurant together, that's a great thing, yep. but it's a different kind of thing if you're grilling out burgers, because you're, yep. you're having conversation
0: as you're fixing the food, as yep. you're doing all that stuff, and then as you yep. eat. Yeah, there's something about meals that are just very disarming. Right. It doesn't feel combative. It doesn't feel like if we're going to talk about Jesus, it's going to be... Like we're going to have this really confrontational, like how can you be confrontational over burger and French fries and ice cream and like it's just not a confrontational environment. So having that there just kind of sets the tone for any conversation that you have that maybe family, obviously family dynamics can vary and you can fight over dinner. Yeah. Generally speaking, meals are a very comfortable place for people. And so, again, meeting people where they're at having a very disarming environment with a meal is a really great thing. And there's even like, it's not that we're trying to like psychologically trick people, but we used to talk about it when I worked in admissions that we would give people cups of coffee when we would talk to families at the university because there's just something comforting Right, having something in your hands, something like it feels almost like we're on equal ground because right. I have coffee, you have coffee. And so if we're eating at the same table, we're on equal ground. No one's better than the other. No one's coming with talking points and nailing 95 theses to doors and things like yeah. that. Like it's just it's just normal conversation. And yeah, I think that's important.
1: we um, there was a period in our life group where we ate we ate dinner together every week before life group. Yeah. Um, we don't do that right now, but we a long period where we do that. And we would have conversations about when was the appropriate time to move from the table yeah. into the living room <laughs> to officially have life group. And, um, and one of the things that I, uh, that I was a strong advocate for was the time that we spent eating together was as important or more important than anything yep. that we did when we moved into the living room and began to really talk about what the Scripture said. Yep. That was very important. Right. But the, the conversations we had around the table, and there were, you know, oftentimes they were chaotic. There were multiple conversations going on. Right. But that was people talking about what was going on in their life and, and just very naturally. And everybody was on equal
0: footing yep. at that point in time. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I love that. Yeah, there's so much to learn. Um, from the story, I do want to get into some questions that we yeah. got, uh, so one question came in: uh, Why does Luke mention that it was a sycamore tree? So we know this from the from the Zacchaeus song that we sing that Zacchaeus climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Uh, why is that detail included? Because Luke knew that in English, two thousand years later,
1: there w- this song needed, <laughs> needed those three syllables <laughs> exactly. to fit in the song
0: that was uh,
1: that 's right working for the children 's mm-hmm. song that 's right <laughs> um, i I think it 's interesting it says something about luke uh, yeah. he 's a he's, a he's a he uh, 's a medical doctor, mm-hmm. but he pays attention to details yep. and so it 's just interesting that he does that uh, the the uh, one of the things that I think is fun. Um, Whenever you're reading in Scripture and you see a detail like that, um, that should trigger something to say, "Wait, why does that say that? You right. know, why is it? Um, if if it says that someone walks up to a city mm-hmm. or down to a city or what, why does it give that directional stuff and how far away they are, that kind of thing? I think it's it's just interesting that that detail's there, mm-hmm. and um, the. The sycamore trees in Israel are different than American sycamore trees. Are they really? Yeah, they are. I did not know that. Um, uh, sycamore trees in the U.S. predominantly have a pretty straight trunk. So when Chris yeah. talked about uh, the difficulty of climbing a tree, yeah, um, that's not the case. I like. I have a picture from when I was in Israel of a sycamore tree, and they're much more gnarly, and they have. They do. Th- this is true of sycamore trees in the U.S., but they have. Um, the The pods that contain the seeds yep. that fall down around them, and many sycamore trees that are not cultivated or protected will have multiple trunks that kind of weave in together oh, okay so sense. so to climb in a sycamore tree would have been a very easy thing okay. because it's not it's not like um climbing a pine tree where you 're fighting through all those branches right. it's not like uh an oak tree that you have to Shimmy up the tree right. to get to there. Get up to a branch. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's uh it's the kind of tree that it was like when we when we were in Israel, one of our guys climbed the tree and and it took about forty seconds for him to be ten feet in the air huh. because it was just mm-hmm. oh yeah step here step here step here right. kind of pull yourself here step here and and the trunks are all big and yeah. gnarly so they could support his weight yeah um it's which is just that's funny yeah that that's when you dive into scripture it's yeah. like oh this is really alive this yeah. is you
0: know yeah. uh it's kind of interesting that's really cool yeah i it's such it's such a cool thing to dive into those details. And Luke, Luke's gospel is a great gospel for that. Because yeah. Luke is kind of known as like the nerdy writer that like that's right notates all of these weird random details. Because that's how he was wired. We know yeah. that he was researching all this stuff. So that's really cool to dive into. And I think it's worth just kind of sitting with like... And Chris talked about this in his message of like, why would you climb a tree? Like, surely there are better ways (laughs) to see Jesus that you could work your way around. I mean, there's big crowds. He's small in stature. So that's obviously a struggle. That's what leads him. That's at least in Luke's mind. That's what leads him to climb the tree. But I think it's really cool that that's it's Zacchaeus climbing the tree that helps him stand out to Jesus. Right. That Jesus notices Zacchaeus out of the crowd because there's this random Guys, guy up, up in a, in a tree. tree um yeah. and again that goes back to welcoming those interruptions that right. would have been very easy for jesus to be like hi yeah <laughs> and keep walking through the crowd of just to, like, to play politician yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like all right <laughs> i'm not going to talk to a yeah. <laughs> crazy guy up in a tree uh, but just welcoming that interruption um i think is is really indicative of you know Obviously, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but I, I do think there is this aspect where Jesus yeah. wanted to see Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus being in the tree is a great opportunity for both of those things to happen. So I think that's yeah,
1: and cool. and and that really is in Chris's message. It's that emphasis on the word must. Yep. I must
0: go to your house today. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got to spend time with you. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so the the last question we got. The last thing I wanted to talk through is. Uh, Chris brought up this this concept of the gospel of scarcity versus the gospel of plenty, um, and he had uh, notes in the app. Which, if you don't have the mobile app, you should download that because you can follow along and, and take great notes. Um, but the gospel of scarcity, this mindset that there's not enough to go around, there's right. not enough for both me and them, so that's a, a selfish mentality. And then the gospel of plenty, where there's plenty of go, there's plenty to go around, there's plenty for both them and me. And I think it's maybe it's an American thing, maybe it's a Western thing, that we tend to just default to this idea of a gospel of scarcity. Right. Where even though we know the gospel is for all people, that the gospel, that God loves all people, that there's more than enough to go around. Like There's, there's plenty of scripture that says there's grace on top of grace. My grace is sufficient for you. God's not going to run out of grace for people. But we still tend to operate in this scarcity mentality where church is for me and I don't, you know I don't really need to bring it into my life. Why do you think that why do we wrestle with this idea of living out a gospel of plenty in America or in our, in, in the church today? I, th- I think we miss um,
1: what's really important if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to operate from a gospel of, uh, a scarcity mindset, um because we too easily give in to trivial things mm. that other people want to inject in our lives mm. so um if if uh, s- uh i i'm trying to think if somebody says oh can you go do xyz mm. for me in this way i tend to think well yeah i can do that mm-hmm. and that's not really Necessarily on mission for me, it's not. It's not going to have me interact with anybody. I don't have a clear sense of the Holy Spirit leading to do that. Sure. but I say yes because I just don't want to say no. Um, well, you do that for very long, and then you get stretched so many, mm. w- so many different directions that then you say, no, I, I'm going to say no to everything, mm. and and I'm going to create clear. Boundaries that no one can penetrate, and I miss the leading of the Holy Spirit in that. Mm. I think when we're sensitive to what God wants to do in us and through us, and we do that, even when we're feeling kind of empty, that God fills us up in a way that that um, we we may think I don't I don't have the strength to do that, I don't yeah. have the energy to do that, but but if God's in it, He will provide the the power, the fuel. That um that fills us up. It's it's funny when Chris was talking about that. I was thinking back to two weeks ago, the the first message in the series right. about the bucket versus rivers yeah. thing. That we tend to think that scarcity image is okay. This is what I've got in the bucket. Yep. But if I'm living with with rivers of living water flowing through me, yeah the um God is the one who just keeps bringing the water in that yep. that keeps filling
0: us up yeah no that's a great that's a great- or a great picture of just understanding <laughs> that i i wonder I wonder if some of it if some of that mentality comes from, I just don't think you deserve god's grace. Oh, I think some of like of of the disagreements that we might have, the, yeah. the the barriers that come up, the obstacles that we put up of just like, you know, I just got God's clear on this issue, whatever it might yeah. be. And I, I choose that to be the boundary that I draw. And I just don't know if either I don't know if God's grace is for you or I don't want you to have God's grace because huh. that might show. I don't know if it's if it's, a, if it's a lack of understanding of the depths of God. That's, the, that's one thing. That the deeper my relationship goes with Jesus is just like, gosh, your grace is so deep. Yeah. Because if you can save someone like me who still struggles and sins and, and wrestles through life and all of the stuff from my past, then for me to look at someone else and not not have that grace-filled mindset of, I, I, I don't know, I just wrestle with that, where I think there's so many... Fence posts that the world tries to put up between people of politics or sports or trivial things to very serious things. And I think God's grace gets in between all of that. And it's hard for us to kind of see through sometimes because we just, we think the fence post that the world put up is a good fence post. Yeah. Like a a political divide is a good divide. And God's grace doesn't go to that side or to this side, it goes to my side. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because in that,
1: in that, um, language the scarcity versus plenty mm-hmm. um, in in my mind as i was as i was listening as chris taught yesterday i was just thinking I, that the context that i was making the application was more about energy and time mm. yeah um, than than anything it's not that i don't think god's grace is enough to cover them yeah it's like eh, i don't know that i have the time to invest in that particular sure. thing and um, and and so for me, the reminder is okay. If I say no, I don't have the time or the energy to do that. To mm. to respond to the Holy Spirit, um, in in practical terms, what that really <laughs> means is, you know what? I'd rather go home and watch Netflix. Yeah, I'd rather go home and w- whatever that is, yeah. and and have the solitude that I want to kind of replenish myself. Rather than trusting that God is in that interaction and yeah. in that um, in that situation, and that He will restore and replenish yeah. whatever it is I need yeah. through the relationship that I have.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it goes back to to I mean it goes back to the name of the series. Do you right. care about yeah. that person? Yeah. Do you care about yeah. the people? And that's why again I go back to like I I pray this prayer often because I wrestle with this so much. I want to welcome the interruptions because if I welcome the interruption from a person, it shows I care about that person. Right. If you interrupt me and I'm just trying to get back to my task, then I don't really care about you. I care right. about my task. And we make time for the things that we love, the things that we value. Um, and if I'm trying so desperately to make time for the practices and the games and the Netflix shows and whatever I can do to fill my time and not the people that are in my life, then that shows what I actually care for.
1: Yeah, and if if we go back to the shout-out yesterday to moms for Mother's Day, <laughs> right. that's, the, that's the, the, a great image illustration yeah. is um, when you've got little kids, now when they get bigger, sometimes moms go a different path, <laughs> but um, when you've got little guys... <clears throat> Mom is spent. She's yeah. exhausted. But she still keeps doing what she needs to do to take care of her family. Yeah. And and um it's because she cares. Yep. Um yep. that she she doesn't say, "You know what? You've had six dirty diapers already. <laughs> you you can change it yourself." Yeah, take care uh, of the last yeah, one yourself. <laughs> um uh, you you just don't do that even when you're spent. Right. You think I and and now at this stage in my life I I look back and think all of those times that I t- tried to protect myself mm. or protect my self interest kind of things yeah they don't really matter that much mm. now it, you know they those were not major deals for me yeah. and um the time that I have spent invested in others that's the stuff that multiplies with time
0: yeah yeah that's great great perspective um anything else you want to the, uh, reflect on or leave people with when it comes to um, the story of Zacchaeus and who cares? <laughs>
1: no. I don't think so. I I I just think it's it's funny cuz uh Chris and I were talking about it before this week and and said it's I, I feel bad because I hit it 2 weeks ago on mission because that's the that's the scripture where Jesus says I came to seek and save the lost. Yeah. Um and then I hit it the week before Chris preached, and then uh, Chris's message, which is where we had planned it, mm-hmm. was all about Zacchaeus. Um, it's just such a great, great um, uh, event mm-hmm. in the life of Jesus that that displays his character yeah. and his concern yep. and his love for someone that the culture would have said shun.
0: Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest thing that I didn't even touch on is Zacchaeus was a traitor. Right. (laughs) Like, maybe that's, I mean, again, that's why Luke notates all these details is not only is he a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector. So he's the worst of the worst. And that's the person that Jesus calls out, goes to his house. Yeah. And I think, I say this to Julie all the time, like it And this is more of a gut check for me to change my heart. It's like, man, the people that need the most love are the hardest people to love sometimes. Absolutely. It's like, gosh, it's so, sometimes things can be so difficult and they can feel like projects and it can feel so taxing and burdensome, but that's the person that I know needs Jesus the most. And for Jesus, like Jesus felt that Jesus was, we talked about this before. Jesus was human. Jesus felt the burden and the frustration and the, the exau- exhaustion that comes with yeah. ministry like this. And he did it because he cared deeply about Zacchaeus.
1: You know what's not in that story? Mm-hmm. The, um, there is not any recording of Jesus' conversation with Zacchaeus right. about his tax collector yep. role. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to think if you just put it in the context of someone who has a different position politically than than I do, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't matter whether that's left or right, it's just different, yep. a different position on justice issues than I do, um, we tend to think that if we're going to interact with them, that our interaction has to be about those things that we have different right. perspectives on. and And that's not what Jesus did Jesus yeah. just his focus was on the individual mm-hmm. and um, and as a result of his love for the individual stuff in their lives changed yep which is which yeah. is cool
0: I think that's the remembering that perspective of <laughs> We tend to think I'll have dinner with you when I agree with you. <laughs> that's right. When I
1: f- if we Yeah. If we can I, talk politics and religion, then we can have dinner. Yes. Um, if
0: I have the opportunity to fix your issues, then yeah. then I will open myself up in my life because that's exciting for us. But I think, yeah, if I'm if I'm loving people like Jesus, Jesus didn't wait for my issues to get fixed before right. he met me. Jesus met me, loved on me, cared for me, developed a relationship with me, and my issues get fixed through right. that not fix this stuff and then we'll talk maybe we'll maybe we'll talk (laughs) assuming you fix it right yep and we missed that good good stuff Good stuff. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're going to keep going through the the Who Cares series. I'm excited to see where we go next. Um, thanks for submitting questions. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, keep doing all the good social media stuff. Share the video, like the video, um, Follow, uh, subscribe on YouTube. We are, we're also on audio. So if you are on the road, if you're driving around uh, for work or vacation or wherever you're going, uh, we're on all the podcast platforms too. So that's it's easier to get into. So uh, thanks, Rick, for your time. Thanks for being Chris. I'm Chris. <laughs> thanks for My your My name is Chris Carter. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.